0: Peter's show for week
1: two of the World Film Project today features a discussion of the 1992 film Sodoma Rechavik, if I pronounce that right, also known as Remote Control, which will probably be what is referred to from here on out. Uh, and joining me again from the Hollywood Reporter, and you know her from E News and Culturesque, with a record-setting fourth appearance on the show, hey. the Dark Goddess of the Underworld, Sharare Drury.
2: What's up? You know, I wore a very like dark shirt today too.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, perfect.
2: (laughs) It's it's my it's a it's a bone daddy stepping on some coffee. So I'm bringing my dark goddess vibes to this. Gotcha. This is is awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, you also have the record fourth appearance in one year. Uh, And you're going to pad it next week. You're going to pad it next week. You're also the first to be on consecutive weeks too. I've never, I know I have old space show, but I kind of don't count that because it's like one project and people, you know, they're on every week for that, but we record those in big blocks. So I'm talking show proper 4
2: I'm a rock star. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm working at home in this pandemic. I got to do something fun.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
2: Got to do something.
1: Of course. How's your week been this week?
2: You know what? It's been it's been pretty chill. I've been working on a lot of stuff at THR, which is always great, but busy and catching. I'm catching up on a lot of shows that I've put to the wayside because I was playing a game that has been out for a while, but I've never played it. The Mass Effect like trilogy, Mm. never played it before. So they have like their legendary edition out where I guess like you can play the games like back to back. So I, I was just playing that for like a month. Like I'm a slow awesome. a a video game player. So I was playing it. And now that I'm not playing a game anymore, I'm like, okay, what's been on TV <laughs> for like the past month? So I've just been doing that, binging TV while I have free time.
1: Gotcha. I've been catching up stuff too. Like I've had review copies. I had the week of PopCon, and the weekend before, mm-hmm. I had my internet go out, thanks to AT&T, it's a long story, <laughs> so I had no access, and that was the weekend, the weekend it went out was the weekend that Soderbergh had that new movie, mm-hmm. uh, Tomorrow War came out, Gunpowder Milkshake came oh out, God. I Think You Should Leave Season 2 came out, like, all the stuff dropped, and I, I, I'm I, not gonna watch it on my phone, I'm sorry folks, not, I'm not gonna, not gonna watch it on right. my phone, I couldn't Not, write at home, and stuff, like, it was... So my Crow episode from now two weeks ago when this <laughs> drops, I recorded at my sister-in-law's house because I didn't want to <laughs> mess with the recording scheduling. Right. So it was that was awkward. But yeah, I'm catching up on that stuff too. And I think I'm recharged finally from PopCon and then the nice. uh, Paranormal Crossroad premiere party I went to the following weekend. So I think I'm actually like- You've been
2: busy. I'm You've been, actually,
1: been busy. <laughs> In demand, I guess, somewhat, but it's been fun. It's been fun. Now I'm going to be a hermit again for a while. I like to do. So (laughs) we're going from Turkey of the late 1970s to this week, Iceland of the 1990s. So let's get into remote control. Get into it. It is. (laughs) All right. Here we go. If you guys want to play drinking games, to my pronunciation of names and struggle, get mad at me, curse me during this point. This is worse than last week.
2: Yeah, these are these are a little harder. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> Iceland has figures. I don't know what they are, and I don't know how to pronounce them. So, enjoy my struggle. Uh, it's written and directed by Oscar uh, Jonasson. Jonasson? All right. Uh, that's one. Uh, and it's <laughs> starring Bjorn uh, Jorundar Uh Frior Bjornsson. Okay. Soli Elias Dodider, Sigurgen Kjartnansen, Olafer Gudmundsson, uh, Parian Aya Jaforo, and Helgi Bjornsson. I'm so, nodding
2: going to all of all this. you.
1: All you United States uh, listeners just think I got it right. Right? <laughs> they're, they're like, hey, you hey, hey, got it. Hey, got it down. Right. We got it from my Iceland. Yep. Iceland, <laughs> uh, not Greenland, but that Iceland. Actually, land. Iceland's very
2: green. It's it very lush, very it's
1: beautiful. Which, <laughs> Iceland is a country in movies. Like you probably like it's the one they use for like Interstellar, right? And um, yeah. they used it for Rogue One because there's a lot of gloomy, rainy areas yeah. and stuff there, and uh, that uh, kind of mountainy, weird, gray region or something. Mm-hmm otherworldly which is not right. otherworldly because it's on our world
2: but it's beautiful it's such a beautiful country i mean even in this area like where wherever this was filmed i'm not sure specifically i mean as much of like a chill little town like sleepy to- sleepy town mm-hmm. it wasn't so sleepy in this film but no. like it's like a very, it, it seems like just like any kind of, it's a very regular looking town, but the landscape's gorgeous. Yeah. It's got like, it's like huge and green. It's got like big, like hills and mountains and stuff. It was a really cool area. So, yeah.
1: Visit, visit Iceland.
2: Yeah. This is our tourism, like, tourism. Yes.
1: Visit Iceland. This is our travelogue, the Brandon Peter Show travelogue, as we talk about places I've never been, but I've seen in movies. So, right. I can tell you all about it. This one, uh, the movie Remote Controls, about. Um, Here's a synopsis. Since his mother wants to watch TV, Axel, a young auto mechanic, ha ha ha, cool name, must recover her remote control, accidentally taken by his punk sister, Maja. During his quest, he becomes involved in the conflict between Moli, the liquor smuggler, and Agi, a nightclub owner who wants to be Iceland's first mafia boss. The film came out in 1992, but did uh, screen at con in the Un, uh, uncertain regard section in nineteen ninety-three. But I like to describe this one as this is Iceland's after hours, the Martin Scorsese film, or yeah. Trojan War. It's a, that's a film a straight to video movie I liked in the nineties with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Will Fradel. Go. The basically one crazy night genre. Like that's what it yeah, it takes exactly. place. You start with a like a, a little mission and it turns into just Bonkers. Absolute chaos. So, in like, for instance, I mentioned Trojan War. It's about mm-hmm. Will fradel uh, about to score with like this girl he likes from high school a bunch, but he doesn't have a condom. He has to go out and just simply oh. buy a condom, and the night just goes haywire. Oh my god,
2: like super bad. You know what I mean? Like these, yeah, just, super like bad. Yes. super bad, like these kinds of films where, and I mean, of course, because it's, I mean, I, this was what uh, in the 90s this was made. Or what was the year? 1992.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 1992, so it's, it's, it's a great. It predates all this stuff.
2: Yeah. It's it's amazing. And I mean, it's, but I mean, what's so relatable, no matter, I feel like when these films happen, if they're seventies, eighties, nineties, or even to now, it's a relatable, like crazy night, like teen experience. Like mm-hmm. there's so many elements of just like, uh, like Axel wanting to be cool, meeting this mystery girl. Her name's Una, I think. Unar, yeah, Una. Unar, Unar yeah. in the film. And it's like, he meets her. He's like, I try trying to impress her. He's got his like little punk sister, literally like little punk sister with her spiky hair, who's, and they're both really like, blonde, familiar,
1: spiky hair. Really blonde, spiky
2: like, hair, which I love. I was just like, she is so cool. She looks though,
1: so great. You're like, where do I know her from? You don't. You don't, don't know, know her, her anything, anything no. but she looks iconic like She's immediately. So cool.
2: I love every single outfit that she had. I love also just like, it's like the little elements, like, you know, his annoying mom who's begging him to like bring a, like a remote control home, like such a simple task. Yep. And there's the band. What was it? Ham, I think is like the the Icelandic band that's in this too. And that like punk rock scene. I don't know. I just loved it. And I think like, I think anyone who just loves that kind of like crazy night film Mm -hmm. scene, you would enjoy this. You would enjoy it. There's
1: like, like it, it, was, there's, it was wild. There's no way. Like I, I, I think with my listeners, ninety five percent of you would like this movie. Yeah, like, I, I'm, like, I'm gonna agree because it's hilarious. It's, it's hard not to get into. Like this thing takes yeah. off. It is under an hour and twenty minutes, and it just exactly. flies. It fly. It doesn't waste time. No, it's good. Like, and it's a really awesome like teen movie. Like from the night yeah. from the night, and. Iceland was happening. There's a lot of styles and stuff yes. that I saw in this movie that hadn't taken off in America yet. They would later, but yeah. they weren't happening in America. We were still kind of in. Well, in 1992, we were still in hair metal land. Nirvana was and Nirvana was starting to come out, and all it was going to turn to yeah. grunge. And after grunge, then it leans on this stuff. Right. But this is this is like what you get with the techno stuff coming later. And yes, but they. They were ahead of their time. And this movie is ahead of a lot of stuff that would be like it in the 90s. Because the One Crazy Night genre, there was a lot of them in the 90s. They still make them today. But this was like, wow, they were ahead. Like the only thing I can think yeah. of prior is After Hours from Scors- Scorsese in the early 80s. Right. So that's about the only one I can think of.
2: It was so good. And, and I mean, there's so many things that we can like get into about it. But I just think overall, just the fact that what well, you just said, the timing of the film, the mm-hmm. fact that it's not. It doesn't, nothing really lags. It's almost like there were moments where I had to like rewind a beat. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what just happened in like these 30 seconds? Like, Mm -hmm. cause it's like, and I think that's probably one, what makes it so ridiculous is it's how it's going at warp speed. Right. Like it goes from a kid working it's Axel, like, which is yes. Hilarious name for a mechanic (laughs) working at his mechanic shop, getting a call on, on like a speaker from this woman being like your mom's calling and your mom just wants a remote
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> and getting like totally embarrassed at work. And then like having to go on this journey to get a remote, which by the way, I was just thinking like also how nineties is this, is that a remote would be like in such high demand and so yeah. hard to get, but it's also funny. Cause it's like, I get, I mean, cause I get it. It's in Iceland. So it's funny that he needs to like go to like some underground market <laughs> to find a freaking samsung remote control well like well, ha- like, how hard is it to get one of these
1: yeah so this is this is a movie about a really simple small town that has this somehow is this like complex underground world that exists in it which is hilarious when Wild. you see it. <laughs> yeah. but like he so he goes he he got the remote at the beginning he gets the call from his mom which everybody at this auto mechanic place is like take a message don't they none of them want to talk on the phone, and yeah. then the the receptionist keeps going on the intercom, spouting off stuff his mother's telling him. That's kind of embarrassing. So right. He gets it, and the the thing they go, he goes to find his sister mm-hmm. or something who's w- seeing a guy in the band or friends with the band Ham, and they go yeah, to-
2: they're like we don't know what their relationship is, but they're obviously like yeah. together in yeah. some. Way. And the, like,
1: the main I, guy I'm just sorry. sleeps on couches like that's what he like because that's his ev- thing everywhere they go he like finds a place to lay down in and uh, i think so they go to this house and it's like on fire it's been ransacked because yeah. unar they're looking for her brother and when he's there he's like where's the remote And they find out the guy from ham had stolen it but he left it at unar's place they go to unar's yes. place and it's melted because of the fire that was the arsonist set yeah. there yeah and she's like, oh, I can get you one from my brother if you take me to him or something like that. That's where it, she gets involved in him That's going, where
2: it starts to kind of develop.
1: Yeah. Like, like
2: come, come meet this brother. That's not going to cause any problems at all for you.
1: Right. He's just a guy who hawks electronics from above a liquor store, which is funny as hell. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's where they, they go. Like, and he, he was- He goes under Molly, right? He's the, that's his alias. Yes,
2: Molly. Yeah, exactly. Molly is his like alias. And they, when they go to that liquor store and like, they go like, I guess, yeah, it's like an above, above the liquor store, like this hideout where they, where they have like all of this merchandise. I don't know what they were making in this movie. It's like, they're creating some kind of like, kind of alcohol. I don't know. Some drink. Yeah. Yeah. It was like like, a freaking meth lab. (laughs) Like. I was like what is this guy doing But it was so weird because there was like a baby and like a family And they're all like they've got like board games Up there yeah and there's a bunch of like Electronics which is like what this What Axel wants but also yeah They're creating some Kind of mystery Booze which I guess leads into why There's some bad guys Looking right yeah because He apparently deals this shitty Booze <laughs> and it doesn't do anything it just knocks people out like they right. they can't rage on it it's an extreme depressant <laughs> there's no yeah. uppers happening in the street
1: no yeah and there's because there's these three dudes that are mysteriously trailing uh, axel and you're mm-hmm. like who are these tough guys or whatever what's this going to be and they end up kidnapping unar the sister yes. and that's where it you know starts actually because they follow them to the liquor store which unar says like no, but I've never taken anybody. You're the first person to see my brother's operation or something. And they have this like square like one of those police mirror things where you can see yes. through on one side and the other's a mirror and somebody falls through it and it becomes a
2: Oh my god. Nickname. When they Yeah, when I, it's her like yeah, she falls through.
1: Cuz they have a that's, rug that's over how, it.
2: That's how, like, how do you fall through a ceiling? I was like, what the hell is happening? This homegirl falls through a ceiling, and then there's like a tug of war happening right between the floors where I'm like, they're gonna rip her legs off or her clothes, or something's gonna happen. And the and yeah, and like these, I don't know, Costco budget mafia guys, <laughs> like. <laughs> They're like low-rent, low-rent mafia. I don't know what, they're like not even a mafia. They're, they're just two guys and they're, a
1: boss. Yeah, they are, uh, we'll get to them in a sec because they yeah. are a treat. Um, yeah, the funny thing is the connection here because is like, can I just get my remote and go? Right. But he only has one remote that would work on his mom's TV that uh, Molly does and it winds up with Unar. She ends up having it when they steal her. So he right. has to go after that with Molly. And these guys, these mafia guys. Hmm. There's like the leader guy who kind of runs the club. There's this fucking crazy guy, this nut job. Absolute nut them. job. He freaks and, me out. <laughs> and then there's the guy that's kind of like, I don't want to be, be cool. here? Like and they are so they they want to be a mafia in Iceland and it's only the 3 of them and They only know mafia stuff by what, like, they've read or seen in movies. Right. So it's funny. They're like, well, we have a girl. Like, I guess we should sexually assault her or make porn?
2: That's right. They were in the car, and they're just, like, debating, like it's aggie right aggie's the name of the like he's like the quote boss of like this like little like trio of like wannabe mafia guys and they have uh una in the car and they're just like yeah like oh we we should make her like a prostitute like make create a brothel best thing ever though is i love how the girl is kind of sitting there going like yeah i can help y'all make a brothel (laughs) i know some girls she's like I, I just love how instead of her being absolutely terrified or scared, she's just a badass, and she's like, no. Right. And, I, and I think like the crate, the crazy gangster guy, like I guess like or like henchman. I'm gonna, I guess he's like a henchman, like the crazy one with like he's got he's like little like bifocal glasses. He keeps, like, trying to, like, touch her, and he she just, like, smacks him. Yeah. And it's hilarious, because it's, like, obviously, like, in real life scenario, like, you'd be scared to death. But she's, like, um, literally none of you scare me. You all are idiots. Yeah. You are all dopes. I feel like she's just sitting here, like, this is the worst Uber ride of my life. <laughs> this will eventually end. And I'm, like, because the other thing, too, is it's, like, none of them are able to, like, hurt anybody, kill anybody. Like, there's no th- like serious threat, and I right. think what's the funniest part of watching this as an outsider is I too was never worried for her. Mm-hmm. Even e- while it's gross that they're making comments like we should like assault her. Well, they start talking
1: like, about like what's your movie going to be that you're in with her. We could make three porns with yeah, one. Yeah, they're like each talking about making porn. And the one's like, I'm not going to be in mine. I'm going <laughs> to direct. i was
2: like, God. It's, she was she's amazing. Like she is. Like as this film goes on, she's just iconic because she. <laughs> She goes through a gamut of like really shitty stuff, but she's just like not very scared. I mm-hmm. feel like because she still knows that she's just in with absolute idiots. yeah. And so like they take her to like the club, like kidnap her to the club and she's like, I'm good. Like this is going to be okay in the end. Yeah. Oh okay. but but that But that leads to, but that like that is actually one of my favorite scenes in the film is the car chase scene that happens with her because the guys like snatch her and then Axel and Molly, I guess, like, rush. Mm-hmm. Not really. Oh, they try yes. to rush to the car. And 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 Axel's just, like, taking his time. He's got to turn around.
1: <laughs> I was like, please let me, please make him not be able to just w- you out. And he can't. Yeah, and I'm like, he yeah.
2: can't. He needs to, like, he has to, like, do, like, multiple, like, backups and forwards to, like, get this car yeah. out. And then the car chase scene, it's like they're chasing them through. And at one point... Axel like stops like at a red light. Yeah. And the and and the brothers like, dude, like go. Like they have my sister. And he's like, I'm at a red light.
1: Yeah, he's like, I'm a red and He's I'm like, didn't you see they the almost got in an accident running the red light?
2: I was just like, this is but absolute ridiculousness. Like I was not worried for anyone's life, but it was right. it's it's just wow. It's like one of the best car chasings I've ever seen because it's absolutely it's really bonkers.
1: The coverage on it's really good. The editing, they have some really yeah. good shots of the car. I'm like, Aerial wow, these are- shots. Yeah, these yeah. are really impressed. They had some from behind the car that were really good, really low. I I was like, wow, for this quirky comedy, they've got some good stuff here at the car chases. And one of my favorite... Okay, so my favorite joke that happened in the movie is... So they have to go to this club, which is this, like... You got to ask somebody to know about the club, but it has a giant sign that's lit up like you can find. And when they drive by, the three mafia guys are outside. And one's dressed like a soldier or something... And they're watching it. He's like, and the main ones like, just just stare at them and as they drive by. And he tells the fat one, he's like, now spit on the ground. And he goes, like to look or tough. spit on himself. Like, yeah. He Can't even get spit out of his mouth. And, and they're doing it to look tough. And it's the funniest thing. It's like, oh my gosh, because that's like you know they're commenting on movies they see and stuff like yeah. that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that is brilliant. And then they also, just like
2: they're wearing Trojan warrior outfits. Tro- which I don't understand. Like, I don't know if that was explained, but they're also, yeah. anato- and they're anatomically correct because one of the, there's one henchman guy who's super skinny and yeah. strong, so he's got like a little one. And then there's the other guy who's a little like, he's a little more heavier set and he's got like a bigger one. And it's just like, why are they wearing these? Let's, it's never explained. It's the absolute odd, like, and that's, <laughs> that's a good way to phrase a lot of this film is that-, that there's so many like things happening and it's all going so fast, yeah. That, that you're sitting there wondering like, why the fuck are these guys wearing these Trojan warrior outfits? They're bouncers at a punk nightclub. Like, is anyone going to explain why they work at Caesar's Palace? Right. I don't understand it, but it doesn't. We don't need to understand it. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. <laughs> my,
1: yeah, my thing. That's kind of like I have an odd sense of humor, and one of my favorite things that things that get me laugh is when. Something doesn't make sense. And Mm -hmm. I think it's like, why is he like, one of my favorite gags in uh, Better Off Dead, Mm -hmm. the John Cusack movie, is there's a a scene where him and uh, I can't remember which of the women that are his attention are Mm -hmm. in the lunch line. And if you just look behind him, there's there's a kind of a stocky kid with like a mesh shirt, sunglasses, a hat, and he's just standing there with a fork like this. And there's just, no commentary nothing he doesn't get any lunch and he's just he's just walking he's not facing the lunch thing he's just to his side like this and he just walks on through and that that cracks me up that's the kind of stuff like if it doesn't make sense and i pull these jokes that don't right. make sense on people some people understand my humor some don't <laughs> but the looks on people's faces when they just doesn't make sense to them that makes me laugh so ha-ha. that
2: was that was me most of this film because most of this film there's like things happening in the background or like, like we were talking, like the outfits that people are Mm -hmm. wearing or like the music that's playing in the background. And I'm just like, I, it's absolute nonsense. This whole film is nonsense, but it does. It does have sense to it to a degree. Right. Like it. And I think that is why it's why this obviously is such a popular film, because while it at Wells, there's so many chaotic things happening. This could have been a horrible film.
3: Yeah, like, it, could. it
2: could have gone so horribly like this whole like thing through the night of a, of the, of this girl getting kidnapped and Axel trying to find a remote and then getting to this nightclub or even like that scene that we just talk about, they do it with such good timing and they're all such yeah. good actors that it yeah, works. Like it- I totally believe that these guys think. Like, they are the absolute dumbest gangsters on the planet, Mm -hmm. but they think they are so hard.
1: (laughs) Or, like, this is what we have to do. Like, we have... Yeah. yeah, It it is so... Yeah, it's so... Like, yeah, like you said, funny, like, zany, quirky characters Mm -hmm. and good actors to populate them really breathe life into this movie. Like, the movie's only, like, he has a remote control he needs to get from here to here. Mm -hmm. Things are gonna happen. This can, can... And, like, it's really simple straight through, but it's what those people do that right. really, really give this life. And-,
2: and also, I feel it's like the little things that the film sets up mm-hmm. early on, like little things where you see it for the first time. So great example would be is his mom from the very start is like, you have all of these fish oh, in yeah. a bathtub. And if you don't show up with this remote, I'm gonna flush these fish out. Right. Like, don't kill these fish. Why are the fish there? And he keeps why are there fish in a bathtub?
1: And he keeps telling his sister, because his sister, it's important to him that his sister goes and sees his mom. Because yeah. we meet his sister at the beginning, and that's how he gets involved with Unar and through this. Mm-hmm. And he keeps pushing that you need to go home. You need to go home. And he keeps telling her, like, she's going to flush the fish from the bathtub. Like sh- that's important to her too. So I'm like And I'm
2: sitting here like, like were they were they pe- there's and it's like there's a not- lot of them. It's also not small fish. There's straight yeah. up koi. There's like koi fish in this thing. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Like, we're, we're, was that like their dinner? Why is it there? And it's never explained at the start. It's never explained at all really why they're there. But it, there are things that happen throughout the film that are hilarious because of like their early setup. So like the fish scene, there's like a party that we can talk to in a, like in a moment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The, the fish like make an appearance there and something horrible happens to the fish in the bathtub but it's just like these things that you're like why the fuck is this happening now another one is when they finally uh when when Molly and axel finally get to that club right mm-hmm. the gangsters i guess are thinking you know we gotta we need to find what is it they want to find axel or Molly? no they want to find Molly because he screwed them over on the alcohol right. and he wanted and they wanted to find them so they make this they draw a mug shot because they uh, i i I don't know like I am assuming it's just cuz like they don't have a, a photo of him or any other way to have a well, picture nobody's of seen
1: him nobody knows nobody's who he him. actually is right. yeah cuz he hides that's right. yeah he
2: hides that's right cuz this cuz he's so he's such a secretive guy working above a liquor store so they make they like draw a mugshot and they're passing it around and it's the dopiest drawing ever it technically could look like anybody and so Molly and Axel get like confused
1: yeah it's a picture one of Molly but or it's Axel, but it says it's Molly.
2: Moly. So it's just so there's that scene where like everyone's like getting those passed around in the club and there's this one perfect scene. So like they're like all in the I think it's like Molly and Axel finally made it to the club. I guess I don't know. I, I can't remember if they'd found the girl yet, but I think his sister's on the there's someone there's a phone conversation happening. And for some reason, Axel has to shout out his address. yes. <laughs> He has to shout out his address and he shouts it out and there's like a moment of silence where he shouts the ba- it. Like, the, the
1: song's over, the band. The song's
2: it's over like... and there's a break in the music. So everyone hears this address. I remember thinking in the moment, it's I was like- longs
1: like, 10. <laughs> was... I was like,
2: this is going to be an issue. I don't know why it's going to be because I was just thinking for some reason he was going to shout it and a connection would happen and like the the fake mafia guys yeah. would show up at the house. But that is not- <laughs> That is not what happens. It just nope. ends up like setting up a scene later where everyone at the club. It's the after party. it's to go to that apartment, that house. And it's just like, that's those things like those moments where it's like something happens and it sets up something coming and you know, it's going to, you know, there's going to be, or you hope at least this is going to follow through And someone you're like, why was his address shouted? Nothing happened in that moment. Obviously mm. something's going to come down the way that makes it that pays off for it so there's just moments like that throughout the film that i really enjoyed and it's like i said if this wasn't done so well it could have been so horrible like and cheesy but it's not it's Mm -hmm.
1: it's hilarious it like it like it's it sets it kind of it plays by its own rules Mm -hmm. but it has rules and it's and it is really good at setting something up to pay off later and in a way that's Kind of can pull the rug out from under you, or you might forget and it comes back. Right, uh, but it's it's quite funny the way the way they happen. Like the ten thing, you're like, oh, that's gonna there's because there's a weasel guy that like is like in with the mafia guys. He's not one of them, but he's like, oh, he's gonna share that, and then you see him like he shares it, but then he's like, oh, telling people like, yeah, party, party. Oh, I heard that, I heard that. Yeah, that's what it exactly. is. Okay,
2: that's right. Oh, and there's some there's a moment where that little there's like yeah, the guy gets the picture. He goes and tells, what's the guy's name again? Uh, Aggie. He goes and tells Mm -hmm. the wannabe mafia guy like, oh, this guy was in your club. And Aggie just turns around and he's like, he would never get in here. (laughs) (laughs) And they're literally all Molly, Axel uh the the sister they're all up in this club everyone's in this like super quote hard to get in club which is really not that difficult to get into Mm -hmm. but i just love that like they're literally all walking around the crowd right around where this guy is and he's like they would never be able to get in here right just absolute dumb stuff but it's so good the way that it's timed for like that to happen
1: they do sneak Uh, in that's how they that's get right. in. They, that's right. But they sneaking
2: through like the where the beds. where
1: the shitty drink is being stored. They're like doing something to the drink at the club on their own or something. I
2: I this but these, these are the things where it was like there were so many things happening at once. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so they're sneaking into the club. There's some alcohol being brewed. There's a band over here, like playing excessively loud, like metal, like hard music. I love the band, by the way. The fact that they actually have a ham in this film, like actually great music happening, but it's like it's all so much. Yeah. Happening at once, and it's so chaotic. It puts you in Axel's shoes.
1: Like, what is going on?
2: I just wanted a remote. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. He just wants the remote. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember what is the process that leads them to back to the apartment because everyone else shows up at the apartment i'm trying to remember like what is it like that they just they they, because unor was like trapped Mm -hmm. in the club she's She's, like like, tied
1: up in a closet
2: tied up in a closet and then there's a scene i guess like we're all like they have like that scene with the bodyguards (laughs) where they're all fighting and the bot and like you're right like there's like the one crazy bodyguard and there's the other bodyguard that's like i don't really want to fight anybody Mm -hmm. or kill anybody or hurt anybody and like those two have Uh, A situation where I guess like the bigger bodyguard gets mad and accidentally hangs the skinny bodyguard, and he's like choking to death, and it's like it's wild.
1: Yeah, because yeah, because Axel. There's a whole sequence where Axel goes in the ductwork to find Unar, and like it's dirty as hell in there. And I do like the one part where he's trying to go through, and he's over where the the band is playing in the club, and it starts to come apart, and it shakes and dirt's coming on and aggie is like looking up and it like gets in his mouth and stuff he's like i gotta yeah. fix that ductwork or whatever or he's they're like, playing again, like
2: not even paying attention to like how this could be happening like these guys are literally breaking into your exclusive club and just <sighs> not realizing like what is going on at all
1: yeah and, and he well like he gets her and then they they go to the end but the guy is there to meet them they go backward and and then yeah he's trying like to stop the guy
2: stuff happening like everyone's like passing around each other right it's, like, absolutely crazy
1: and the, yeah the almost hanging i was like oh my gosh and then he doesn't die i thought he was dead but i was like oh, oh i thought he was gonna die day. i
2: thought i was i was but granted i'm obviously glad that he didn't because right. it just shows they can't even kill like they literally suck at killing like it's they not a cynical
1: movie it's not a yeah. yeah it's it fits with it yeah i so like they go because he gets her but he had given the keys to Molly, yeah. Before, so they can't leave in the car. So they just walk back to his place.
2: I guess it's. I guess this is a not very big. I mean, it isn't. It isn't a big town because it doesn't seem like it takes very long yeah. to get anywhere or to walk anywhere. I guess so. I think like that's right. Yeah, I think that's right because like they start to make it back to his apartment, and by this point, all of those people at the party mm-hmm. have now ended up. At Axel's apartment. Right. Which leads to one of my other favorite scenes of the film, which is all these, all these rockers just like tumble in through the door. And the mom is at the apartment. Yeah. fast to sleep, just knocked out. And they all just like start playing music and drinking and eating food and like crashing everywhere. And these two, I think it's like the two guys, one of the two guys from the band, they come in and they see this woman sleeping And they try to wake her up and she's like, she's knocked out.
1: They like take her hearing aid out of her ear. Oh, that's right.
2: So they like, they like snap in her ears. She doesn't wake up. They take out her hearing aid completely. And they take her out mattress and everything straight up, like drag this woman, not, but not just like out in the hall. They're like, I think it's like, they keep saying like, Oh, what if like, she's going to wake up. So like they take her in the hall, they take her to an elevator and they go down the elevator Mm -hmm. and there are people waiting. To get on the elevator, right. it's, it's some of Molly's people delivering uh, equipment because I guess an agreement was made where Molly was going to send yeah. right,
1: some equipment. That's a funny <laughs> part. That's a funny side part. So while they're walking home and yeah. this party's happening, Molly and Aggie, which Aggie runs into Molly but doesn't think he's Molly, he thinks is his childhood friend Joe because they yes. have this marking on their hand. Yes. And he convinces he's that. But then they get on the phones and they're wheeling and dealing against each other. About doing a drop at this party where he's having yes. all the electronics delivered for the mom and needs some drinks or something. And both guys are like there, and he's like, Can you meet him out this street? Because they hear they're around in the area. So they're both in the party, but have to go out to a road yes. to do these. There's like
2: double yes. deals being made at this party with different people on the phone. There- and there's an exchange between them at the party. These two, one of the guys like, Hey, what's the address of
1: this place? Here? Yeah. But and they they they're to, both on the phone. I'm. It was. And they got to go meet out in the street, even though they're at the party. Oh, it's it's funny. And then the fish we mentioned earlier get peed on. Someone just can they get the peed on?
2: I we still don't know. I don't really know if they they never get drained. I'm no. just. I hope. I hope. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they would die from that. But that's obviously not good. No. Um, but still doesn't explain why they're there.
1: That is one of the loose ends. Um, but I,
2: I'm I'm okay with that. I kind of just yeah. like if there's fish in a bathtub.
1: Right. It's weird, uh, but I like it. The mom, so while she's being taken out to a canal or something to, like, be put in a little boat. and Yeah, they put lot. her
2: in a boat, and then, like, the boat somehow... I forgot how the boat makes it to the <laughs> canal. But, like, she gets put in a boat by the yeah. guys. They like, just toss her in. There they're yeah. like, we hope she get some sleep.
1: Yeah. Peace. But, like, so during that, like, uh, Axel and Unar get picked up by the mafia guys and they've what he's like desperate to kill like they plan this out they like want to kill somebody by putting cement in a tub and dropping them in the water and drowning him like classic mafia stuff and they're all about it and he's like awake during it and they're like we gotta let it dry. He's like,
2: how long does it take to dry? Like thirty minutes. It takes us like thirty minutes, and he's like, damn it! And, <laughs> and, and they so, don't know how to do anything. They can't even kill anybody.
1: And this old fisherman walks is walking way in the back. He's like, you need to kill him. He saw he saw this or whatever. And the, the he says the big guy who doesn't want to kill him. He's like, uh, he wants to go talk to. You. He's like, why? I'm just right. going fishing. No, the
2: fisherman and, is literally like. I don't give a shit like yeah. he's, just, he's and and I think the other guy right like the one of the other like uh, guys comes up to him mm-hmm. and like has like a face off with him and then right. he's just like I don't like yeah. what is going on like, and he's look and like they kidnap two kids
1: yeah they're the two, two kids, kids. they go by and they're like oh god and I'm like how many more people are gonna come how many by? people
2: are gonna that was also amazing just great like there's so many people coming these guys think that every, every time a person comes and there's just like an ons, I was, ho- I mean, I think it was the right amount of people, but it would have been hilarious if it had just been like, a, like, what if it'd been like a group of people walking? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a, like, you know what a I mean? Like goes
1: by. Like, yeah, right? worker every comes- single
2: person, we all got to kill every, and they can't kill anybody. Yeah. Cause, Cause one of them, like you see, yeah. One of the guys doesn't even want to kill anybody. He just, he's not into it. Doesn't want to do it. The other one is psycho and probably really wants to, but the boss yeah. has literally no brains so he doesn't he can't even like he can't even like get cement like and understand like how that works to kill somebody like because it's you're so right they're just like they're dollar store mafia guys and they have just watched too many like american (laughs) mafia gangster movies but they don't actually understand how to fall through on a single thing that they want to do
1: i wrote down That we are introduced to them as imposing figures, only to find out that they are only posers.
2: Perfect. That's That's exactly what what they are. Exactly what they are. They're so they're so ridiculous. Like their outfits, like the way that they talk. It's so bad, but it's so good. That's actually what it is. They're so bad that it's hilariously good. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I oh, and then so this ends up in. Axel saving his mother, who floats by, crashes in the boat, almost drowns. Right. Uh, Augie gets in there, and he can't swim. But they're like, "Yeah, whatever." And the cops come pick him up, and the two other guys get away. And they like start going, like, "Well, we're gonna have to run. He's gonna he's gonna rat on us. We got to get out of here." And there's a like they can't go to certain places. And I think. They make a, a a line of like, well, we could go to blah blah blah, which sounds like a city, which is probably a joke for Iceland people or something right. funny. But um, it's kind of funny, and for those guys,
2: yeah. And they're like, yeah, like do you know? And they, I think like they get at like they ask each other, you know, do do you speak English? And they're like, no. Do you speak Danish or something? No. Like yeah. they're like all these places that they think that they would be able to go to, but but also I think the thing that's hilarious is like I can't see. I don't even know if like, cause the, cause the guy, the bo- their boss gets caught. I don't even think their boss would be able to like rat them out successfully.
1: No, no. Because
2: He just, it's, they're that bad at what they do. And I also kind of, I kind of imagine the cops would probably just want to get rid of this guy and put him back out. He's not even like worth jail time. Right. he's just apps. Cause he's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. He's, and such a dope. Like he's not, maybe, maybe prison time would do him good. Cause maybe he'd actually learn. Right. <laughs> some things so but no that's hilarious and i think there's also like near the end there's like fireworks going off
1: yeah yeah i was from his apartment i think
2: axel's apartment and it's like him and the girl are like watching the fireworks happen and they're having their little moment yeah finally but i also love how he's like wait is that coming from my apartment (laughs)
1: Yeah, because they like, never get there it. for the party. They never know that the party's happening.
2: Yeah, it's just so funny where it's like they have this moment where they're like, oh, look, there's a fireworks. And it's like, it's coming from your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's... Like, no, there's not There's not random firework shows that are happening yeah. At, in your like, three town. In the, four in
1: the morning or five, whatever.
2: It's so good. They're like, so... They're, I think that so many people in this film are like so oblivious to like everything mm. else that's happening. And then somehow no one dies. <laughs> Because there are so many things that could have gone wrong.
1: I gotta say, I'm really into Iceland's sense of humor. I, I really yes, it's, it's so good, real easy to jump onto. Um, yeah, yeah. And this, the movie wraps up with the mom coming home. There's just electronics wall to wall. In her, place. she's like, I just wanted a remote.
2: That's all I want. They didn't. I I can't. It's so absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. she doesn't get a remote, but I don't know. She or maybe oh. there is one. Isn't there like one or is there like something like I mean. There's so many boxes in there. Well, the
1: one that UNAR had got smashed when she got kidnapped. So when he pull, she pulls that out, oh, it's yeah. smashed.
2: I remember actually, I think I remember this. They they there is a remote, right? Because there's um there's this other tiny bit where isn't it that Unar thinks that she can uh telepathically,
1: change, yeah.
2: Thinks she can telepathically change the the TV channel. Uh yeah, like whether my yeah, like telepathically do it and so she's like oh wait like it's okay we don't need a remote we've
1: been hearing about it the whole movie yeah we've
2: been hearing it that she's got a tele- tele- telepathy or whatever so like, she goes and does it and the TV starts to like you know the volume starts to raise and the channels start to change and then it goes over to Axel's sister and she's got a remote and she's mm-hmm. doing it and he's like what are you doing and she's like she's been falling and she's like this girl's been falling for this shit for years
3: yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> it's like-
2: amazing yeah and I, lo- and I love that like she's still gonna be oblivious and thinks that she can do it but it's perfect like that's like when i think like the final scenes like you're all finally back mm-hmm. in the apartment and unar thinks that she can still change uh a TV i can finally
1: her. show my trick yeah like i don't, exactly. don't need the remote no, yeah.
2: it's 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 such a good like that's like a good like kind of way to end like. And I didn't
1: of- realize <laughs> the sister had a remote control the whole time to do that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. Re- I just am now realizing. Oh yeah, like it. And probably none of this.
2: <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And then it's like they like it's like Axel and her like have like a they go to like the pad or the balcony. Yeah. And like and I guess like they're good now.
1: Like, like that's it. Yeah.
2: I guess they're a thing. And the movie just like ends like that. And I remember I just it was I like had to sit back. I was like wheezing laughing at the end yeah. of this film. Cause so I was like, this was so absolutely chaotic, the whole ride. And for it to kind of just end like on a beat like that, like, like we have
1: okay. nothing left to say. There you go. That's
2: it. Yeah, there's not even like there's no like quirky because I think that's also what's funny is like I feel often like I mean, not always, it depends on like the, the comedy here in the U S but I feel like there needs to be some like final, but um like line scene something. I like how it's just like, no, that's it. (laughs) We got nothing left. Like this has been, it's like, it's been chaotic enough. You don't need it to end on some like groundbreaking quote or joke, I guess it's just
1: Like if this was like made in America and like modern, the credits would end and we'd go back to the electronics store with people. And then a guy who you'd never seen come in and be like, they'd be like, who are you? He's like, I'm Molly. They're like, no, you're not. It's Molly. And you're like, I'm Molly. And then he, they're like, this is Molly. And they show a picture of me. He's like, that's Joe. Like who? And it's like, that's how that would.
2: That, you end know what? Credit. That's right. We'd have like yeah, like a whole like Marvel like mid credit or like end credit scene. Like we would totally like, oh, bad.
1: he was Joe. And this is really right. Molly. And this guy was pulling one on people. I don't know. That's just my like cliche see writing it. cliffhanger. I could see it. I could see brain. it. Writer <laughs> brain. Can you give me a cliche ending, Brandon? Oh, right away. Just give me a little bit. I got you. I, but I it. Yeah.
2: It's such a like, I don't know. That's why I think this film is, but also I think it's such a good film. But I also think that is why this absolutely would be something I think. Like the comedy does transfer over to, I think, like here, like for US viewers, I mm-hmm. think like 100% you'd enjoy watching it. Cause there are definitely like, there's comedy for different countries just because of like the culture or even language barriers or like just what, what I guess in their own pop culture they find funny. Like that's why I've never been a big like Brit humor fan. Like I've tried, I've tried watching mm-hmm. like British satire and Brit comedy, like I guess the community films and I'm not as into it as I would like to be, but this one hits, it tracks. It's hilarious. And I guess if you're a big fan of like nineties style stuff, like this is a good film for you in that kind of vein too. So,
1: yeah, I would love nothing more than for this to get like a, a blu-ray release, but it has not been available in the United States since VHS. Um, and like, this would be perfect for your like seven films. I'm calling out to you. Um, Vinegar Syndrome. This is a gem. Like you could grab this from Iceland, put it out. No doubt. Had I seen this movie back like 90s or something, this would mm-hmm. I've no doubt this would have been one of my favorite films growing up. Like I would be all over 100%. This like I, yeah, it's fun as a like a, a great energy and like bounces around so successfully. Like the, like folks seek out this movie. I'll tell you, it's on YouTube. So I know not to say that, but like you, the access to this movie is not there, so I don't feel right. guilty saying that it's got subtitles for you. Uh, these right. ones actually are in sync with the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are in sync, well. uh, <laughs> and no ads. Uh, right. It's quite possibly my favorite discovery so far doing this show, and I don't think I, I don't think I've, i have done a lot of movies I haven't seen before on this mm-hmm. show that people bring, but this one was just in podcast
2: yeah i'm so glad yeah. that that we did this and got to cover it and like,
1: i'm just floored i, 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 I like, would
2: highly wreck it for anyone to watch if you're just like in for a and because it's one because it's not super long and two because it's not complex in a lot of ways i mean it's chaotic but it's not complex you don't really like just being like you know there's a guy trying to find a remote and a lot of shit happens in a, in a night in iceland that's all you need. All the, you only,
1: need the only deep factor with it is how clever they put this all together. Like, it, right. that's, that's it. It's not. De- it's really funny. It's got the characters are great. Like, I, I will give like mad props to a group of people if I saw them cosplaying the characters from this movie. Oh my god! I would exactly. recognize. I would recognize. They all look quite good. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh. There's even part where Axel. When he went into the liquor store the first time, he, he goes in with her and he's just like, yeah, it's, he, he orders jelly babies. Jelly like babies, he's, he's that's just right. Which have you ever had a jelly baby?
2: No, I mean, I wasn't sure if like that's just like what they call them over there. I'm assuming it's a jelly, but it look it looked like gummy bears.
1: It, okay, so a jelly baby, which I discovered because I'm a huge Doctor Who nut. Um, it's the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker, uh, mm-hmm. was notorious. That was one of his things. Like he'd always like he was kind of just. A jerk off sometimes jelly baby and he'd have them in his pocket all the time
2: oh okay it's, so is it like that's a, a specific candy. brand name yeah yeah
1: it's, okay. a, it's okay, a, type of, it. a it's a type of candy called jelly babies different brands make them uh okay. they look so the the thing is i like them i've had them i i can order them uh we have a we have a doctor who store that is called hmm. who north america that's um about four 40, 40 minutes from me, the hub of Doctor Who Merchandise for North America. It's located in Indiana for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they sell jelly babies in there and I've picked them up a few times. And they're like, so they're like a gummy thing and they're powdered. But when you bite into them the first time, they're not the texture you're going to be expecting. Right. Okay. Um, I Because I first, you're like, oh, wow, that's not what I was, because you want gummy bears. You, these are not right. gummy bears. They're thicker. Um, they're a bit harder to chew, not harder to chew, but just they, they chew differently, but I've come to like them. My children like them. My wife hates them. Um, (laughs) but I, yeah. So if it wasn't for Dr. Who, I probably wouldn't know about the jelly babies, but I, I do dig them. I think you can get them on Amazon too. But yeah, that was something you ordered, and I was like, oh, and I kinda just like the casual nature of like we're right. off on this mission. And I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll take some jelly babies while I'm here, you know. Just...
2: I mean, look, if when the hunger strikes, if that's what you're seeking.
1: Right. Axe was just so nonchalant, oblivious that yeah, he's a good main character I, to follow. Kind of why, yeah.
2: I will say, like, he's such a like that's actually like a good point. Is like he's such a like he just I don't he's never like really like too anything like he's never too freaked out, too angry to anything. I mean, he's just cut. I actually think in a lot of ways, there are so many other characters that like take over the film from him. Like he's a good, like through line. Like, I mean, like we're watching him go through all of this stuff, right. But because, but there are so many eccentric people throughout the story. Like even just like from like, there's like, there's like one scene, for example, where um, I think it's his sister Ma- I'm going to mispronounce her name. I hope I don't. It's what is it? Maja?
1: Maja or Maya or something. Uh, like I, I feel
2: like it was, was Maya, but like it's Maya. pronounced or it's it's written Maja. Maja but it's but Maya. Maya, I think Maya, it's like she is dating-ish one of the guys in the band. Mm-hmm. And then she's with Molly for like a moment. And they're right. like, in a, they're like in a costume room or a closet of some kind. and But the band member th- that she's with in the club is like watching them as they're walking around, mm-hmm. and he, you can just see his face, like he's like, huh. like he's getting so mad, and then like shows up and he like wants to like beat this guy up, and she's like, I'm not dating this guy, you idiot, or I'm not hooking up with him. Like, <laughs> I just it's little moments like that. Like, the sister is such a character, yeah. The people in the band are, I mean. I'm actually curious what, who, if, if you had one was like your favorite. Cause to me, it's going to have to probably be like Aggie and like his henchmen, yeah. like, those, but like that trio, they made the film for me because mm-hmm. how absolutely ridiculous they were, but how they were so unsuccessful and every single thing they tried to do, they yeah. just failed and it was hilarious to watch.
1: I just like the transcendence of them looking all like these hard, these, Oh, we're going to get them people yes. to yeah. just clowns. And it's, and their conversations are, they handle, like you mentioned earlier, the conversations they have could be gross and bad in the wrong hands, but they work here. Talking about like porn, sexual abuse, and then like, we're going to do drugs, sell drugs and stuff, but they're such idiots and it's handled in such a way. And I think it's because they make Unar like, okay, what you need for the brothel here? Like, what we got, Yeah, she's
2: like, you you want some girls? I I got, she's
1: like, I got men too. And they're like, what? Like, she's like, what's the wrong with that? Yeah
2: it was so good but like that's the thing that's why there's that's why like,
1: a brothel isn't for you idiots it's for your business like that's right. the thing because they think they wouldn't be like it's like these guys don't know they would just have a brothel they don't know anything. Themselves. They,
2: they, like... they're just they're playing out like the good fellas in their mind and like they're they just don't get it at all but that's why i do love them Yeah. as far as like characters like they're perfect so
1: they're good yeah. they're good yeah this movie uh, remote control I, the highest appraises. Like I, I went in like cool new new thing to check out, and I just like twenty minutes in, I'm like, I think I love this movie. I hope it keeps playing yes. this way. And yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I hope Sharrarai feels the same way. And you get on here, here and you're like, it. I really love this. I was like, okay, so this is a universally yeah, betwi- at least between two people, love this movie. I mean, I th- but, I
2: honestly think like like this kind of like chaotic humor i do feel like i mean like we were saying like there are so many films you see, that are like, like it. this like and look this is, if, yeah. if you if you could have watched a film like super bad or which i feel like is like the the female version of it like book smart like these kinds of films oh yeah book smart's great yeah like, like teens just like having absolutely over the top scenario and i and i because it's like yeah it's like over the period of like one night i mean there's not too much else that could happen it's it, in terms of like it's, it's we're just going through barely even a 24 hour period. Yeah. And it's so chaotic and good. And there's so many good character actors and, um, or characters like, and character acting happening. I don't know. I think everyone should watch it at least once. Like if, if that's like your thing, like if you're into those kinds of films, give this a shot. It's like, hilarious.
1: I'm telling everybody about this movie. Like, yeah. Yeah, let me be like, do ninety two Iceland it remote remote control control. baby. I'm there for this. Like I'm, I'm late to the party by almost what thirty years. But hey,
2: that's don't remind me the nineties are that far back. (laughs) It's sad. It's so sad that they're that far back. But yes, that's how far back it is. I was ten
1: years old when this came out.
2: Oh (gasps) God, I was uh four. I'm an 88. I'm an 88 go. kid. Awesome. So this was this was definitely um, baby Sharari was not watching this, but I I will now I'm gonna make I'm gonna make up for it. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to like share this with a lot of friends.
1: Like I'm gonna be it, I'm starting. gonna be hitting up some of my VAM creators and uh, <laughs> acquisitions people I know about. Can you, you you should
2: really look into this one? Yes, absolutely. Please,
3: Because yeah,
1: let What else Uh, um this is where we talk about things you know if you've listened to the show before you know we talk about other things we may have taken in in the last week so last week what's up charari because you were here last week so what else is up
2: (laughs) i'm trying to think i mean like i said like i've been i've been binging a lot of shows there's been something i mean like i said i played mass effect got through that love that game can't wreck it enough it's a really good immersive role play game. I mean, obviously like there's like fighting and action and stuff, but it's a really good story. Stuff like that. Another show. I literally have binged this in the past. Actually, I think in the past 24, at least couple, like couple days, never have I ever. It's like a teen Mm -hmm. show. I feel like it's geared. Like that's the audience. It's geared towards or like young adults, but I'm really into it because it's, I don't know like how familiar you are with the show, but it's about essentially this Indian American girl. And like, I think it's like she's in, Sherman Oaks or somewhere in the Valley, I think. Okay. And and it's just like her in high school and like her high school experience being like an Indian American teen. And she just really wants to be cool and like date popular boys. And like, it's, it's, it's just like that whole high school experience. I find it super relatable to the degree that like I'm Iranian American and I relate to so many things that she's going through as like a Brown girl, like being in high school, just like all of the complications of like, Mm -hmm. like being super nerdy or being, or being seen as different all of those things, but it's, it's a good show and it's absolutely hilarious. So I just benched that and I'm starting, I'm very late to the game on this. I just started watching the Cobra Kai series. That's on Netflix. I still <laughs> have
1: not got to that one yet. Like oh God, I, I've heard so it's great. Good. Yeah. It's,
2: it is. I mean, I mean, I want like, look, I watch the karate kid. Like any, I mean, like, like generally, like, you know, I've seen it obviously a few times. Mm-hmm. thought it was a good film. Like, I'm not, like, obsessed with it or anything, but I I liked it. It was good. Seeing this series makes me want to watch it so bad over again. And it's such a good spin where the whole, like, idea of, like, basically this, like, mentor finding a kid who's down on his luck. Like, that formula is used again, but instead it's the, essentially it's the bad guy. It's the bully, like, Mm -hmm. being the sensei now. It's you. I actually I, can, I i watch it. Started watching it a couple days ago with my husband, thinking to be really cheesy. I'm not going to be into it. It's, it's not going to be done really badly. Mm-hmm. Can't yep. stop watching. That's it. what I've
1: heard. I've heard nothing but good things. I just haven't. I think I was my thing was I want to watch the karate Kid movies again before I do it.
2: I could I could see that. And they then, do like, have a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, but I feel I will say this: like there's so many flashbacks at least from what I've seen so far in the film or sorry, in, in the, in the show about the film that I feel like even if you'd never seen it, like, which I don't know how you could have not. I mean, I guess like if you didn't grow up in that time, you didn't watch mm. it, but if you'd never ever seen the movie before, um, they do a good job of like referencing things okay. like and they do. And they show clips from the movie to gotcha. like for like flashbacks and stuff. But I too, like, I think it would totally be worth watching both. I think it's, one and two like watching karate Mm -hmm. kids the first one and then the sequel watching both of those before watching this would definitely be a good setup you don't need to though but like you could but yeah i can't reckon enough i'm like i'm only in the first season right now and i think it's got three seasons yeah yeah. right now on netflix it's so good though i like it
1: they yeah we i took my kids to the we went to the drive-in to watch the first karate kid last summer and like my son wasn't that into it because I, I think he wanted to stay home and play video games that night i think he was mad um, and then my daughter liked it but passed out before it was over so um i was like oh, i'll have to watch it again and then right. i just didn't pick up on it from there because it's like okay then i'll watch cobra cut and then it just didn't work out <laughs> but yeah so i yeah i still need to catch up on that one it's I a good one yeah. i've try, been trying since like last year my goal was to not rush into things or just hurt like go at my own speed is what i was no
2: i, feel, I mean look look
1: i've got I've, so much being on social media and stuff there's so much pressure to watch everything everything's I mean, great why aren't you watching this oh everyone's awful because they're not watching this or this, and then you're like oh i gotta hold on hold on i do
2: i do get that i mean admittedly like, like there's some shows where i feel like depending on like how big it is. Like for me, like work wise, I had to watch Loki, like ASAP. Like I knew I
1: watched. Yeah. Loki right away. I
2: couldn't like wait on that. But some of these things, like, I think it's also nice. Like when they build up, like I've got three seasons waiting, like Mm -hmm. I don't have to like, I don't have to wait. And sometimes as much as I want to watch a series, I I almost want to wait for it to build up a little bit. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to wait. Like I recently binged like shadow and bone on Netflix and like, I am
1: so into it, but now I have to wait. <laughs> gotcha. I Gotta like wait. the week to week drop. That's, that's been a fan. Cause that's I can nice. keep up with that. Yeah. When like Netflix is like, here's a show all the, and then uh, next week we have another show all together. It's like, Ooh, sh-. it's a lot. It's
2: a lot. to. And consume. then people yeah.
1: talk about it for a week and it's gone. Uh, but I, yeah, I've been trying to go at my own pace. And, and when I have a lot of friends who are, um, critics and stuff that go to screenings or get screeners early and stuff. Right. And I, I get screeners early, but it's it's mostly like independent horror films that probably don't have distribution yet or something like that, which is cool, and I love supporting that. But like, it's not the the big things people are going to talk about right. yet. But I got you. Um, <laughs> I do, Yeah, I, and some friends will share a screening link or two with me, uh, like during award season, so I can right. best write my wrap up. But right. like, yeah. So that's extra pressure, like. 'Cause in the critical world, like they once the movie comes out, they're like done. They're on the next thing. They wrote about it. They exactly. Yeah, I'm they've already
2: have like, already seen it. I completely get and that. And I miss
1: I miss too like when the conversation lasted for a while right. about a movie. Like the big movie of the summer might get talked about for two weeks.
2: Exactly. You know, like it, it goes ooh. by. I do get what you mean because I feel like it makes me think back to just even like high school and college when like something like so major would come out. That was like all you spoke about mm-hmm. for like months. But yeah, there's so much. But at the same time, I think like, especially if you work in this industry, like working in entertainment, it's, it's difficult because you do feel the pressure of I need to consume everything so quickly. Yeah. No one can do that at all. I used to be like very stressed out about it. Like, oh, my God, I need to watch everything. So, like, so I'm like on the pulse of everything. No, I, there are some things that I take a very long time to get to. Like I didn't watch secession until way after I, yeah,
1: I watched both seasons were already done when I watched it and I was like,
2: holy shit, this is really good. This is good. But like, I took my time with it. That was when we're like, no one would shut up about it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. Like when it first came out, I was like, at the time with everything that was going on in this country, it was like, do I want to watch a bunch of like rich, white, wealthy people bitching at each other? Mm -hmm. I was like, it's not the first thing I want to watch, but now I, but I get the hype. Mm -hmm. I get the hype. I'm about Kendall Roy. I get
1: Right. And Cousin
2: Greg. Cousin Greg,
1: yeah. Love
2: me some Nicholas Braun. I get the hype on it, but it is one of those things. And that's the thing though, too. I'll just say that when, when so many people are talking about it, I don't know what it is about my personality. It can turn me off a bit like if well, everyone going will... go with
1: high expectations then
2: yeah so i kind of just i wait for my t- i mean they're again depending on the show like loki is one of my favorite it is technically i guess is my favorite character like anything in marvel completely and also mm-hmm. i'm a huge tom hiddleston fan so i was going to watch that but like wandavision and falcon i took a bit before i watched them well, like both? i didn't I, yeah both of them oh, i just okay. kind of like waited a bit <laughs> But it is it's I think yeah, it just depends. At the end of the day, it just depends on the show. Like if it's something that I'm like mm-hmm. I've been very eager about, or the cast is a cast that I really care about, or maybe like it's a director that I really enjoy or a showrunner, one mm-hmm. hundred percent will go watch it ASAP. Right. But I don't know. We also you also need to like have I mean, if you can have a bit of a life, go do other things, yeah. see the sun, <laughs> go outside, maybe. Yeah.
1: I did, I mean, like, it just I never like. It wasn't until, like lockdown stuff that I finally checked out Broadchurch. Like, I had never, I'd heard. Yeah, so I haven't done that. that yet, it, but and I've I was heard like, about it. now's the time, and it was all there, all, all three exactly. seasons, and it's, it's very good. It's a very downer show. It's a very gloom show, but it's really, really. Good. <laughs> that's what I
2: want to watch it. Right. I will. But that's the other thing too. It's like being home a lot. I've definitely had my spurts where. I think right now I'm in a feel good, happy like co- like which good thing I watch Remote Control when I did like mm-hmm. it's a good, happy like comedic film. But there are definitely periods where I'm like I just want drama and depression. Yeah. Oh yeah, I want, like, I want to get, yes. I, I I just I just want to get really sad and cry like they're like have Make my it hurt. hurt exactly. Make it hurt. I want so, to feel like, I'm, I'm in my good vibes right now, but eventually I'll. I'll hit a point where I'm like, I'm ready for like that. And I mean, granted we are heading towards the fall. So I'm about to get on my heart kick soon. And I'm like, that's all I'm going to consume like day and night. So
1: there we go. That's the way to go. Uh, My what else? I finished reading the book Dune Messiah from Frank Mm. Herbert. It's the sequel to Dune, a follow-up book. And I will say this about it. It's a much easier read than the first Dune. Okay. Uh, The first Dune, I am notorious for telling people it's the best book that's a bitch to read. Like, it is, <laughs> it's an amazing story. It's really good. It's really well-written, but it's dense. Our kids would say dense AF. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. And Dune wasn't written like a traditional book. It was, it's a, when you buy Dune as a book, it's a collection mm-hmm. of pieces he wrote in a magazine month to month to month. Okay. Collected together. Um, and it's actually three books in one because he completed one thought completed another thought completed another dune messiah i really liked a lot i think overall i might like it better than the original dune it's a it's a streamlined through it's not it doesn't take place over this grand period of time Mm -hmm. it's 12 years after the first dune it takes your your lead your protagonist from the last one flips shit around okay and it's like holy shit, like it could, if, say this new dude movie takes off, wins over the the world, we all love it, and it gets its own kind of Stan culture with the characters. Right. This would fucking end Stan culture. They would (laughs) not like how some people, including their hero, is in the next book. Uh, But I think it's really because Herbert was a smart guy and he could see in very philosophical, his writing's just like, God, this is a, a goddamn. That's a great sentence. Like you'll read it and be like, Oh gosh, this one. He's like, he took like what happens when someone has too much power. Cause in doom, okay. people get power. And like the, the repercussions of that, how one side views heroism to what's on the other side of that heroism and stuff. And it's, <laughs> really cool and it introduces some new species to the world and just makes you think differently about different it's it's brilliant i think i i know it's like a lesser liked dune book but i think it's because of that reason because of the brilliance the, the kind of last jedi thing that right fanboys don't understand when you're actually dissecting material deliciously right. challenging what came before questioning things that should be questioned um right. that's there so Uh yeah, Dune Messiah really. So I read Dune to read Dune Messiah, because I read Dune in middle school and I still have my book. So I'm like last summer I'm like, I'm gonna read Dune again. And it took like two months to get through Dune, because I would read it in little spurts because I wanted to just like enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy it and soak in rather than just read to get through it. And then I picked up I took a break. I'm like, no more Dune for me for a while. And I picked up Dune Messiah, read it much faster, much more smoothly. This year, and now I'm like, oh, well, now I want to read Children of Dune, which I wasn't like after the first Dune, which is right. great, which is a great book. It's one of the best science. Like, it informs a lot of science. You have Star Wars from Dune, you have so much stuff. And I wanted to see the Hodorowsky's Dune that there's a great documentary on. He was going to make it in the 70s, and they pulled the plug on him, and it was going to be this fucking oh, okay. wild acid trip of a movie. I don't know if you've seen any of Alejandro Hodorowsky's films before.
2: I don't think I'm super we familiar. We could do a
1: thing just on him where okay. I show you his films and be like, what? we'll watch it. We'll watch it with... We'll watch it sober and then we'll watch it with an edible and we will talk about his damn movies because
3: okay, they, they are...
1: Uh, people think Lynch crazy, but Hodorowski's on another planet and he's brilliant too with it. It's just really... Yeah. But so yeah, Doom is... And we also had a Dune trailer this week. Yes, we Dune had the Dune movie. trailer to
2: drop. It looks... It looks epic. Yeah, absolutely epic. And it's like one of those, I think I am curious to see how it actually plays. Cause I feel like I'm, there's obviously people who like you, like you have read it, you're familiar with it. You're familiar with the story that are excited. There's a lot of people who I think are just seeking something epic to watch because right now I think like, you know, we've had, there's been some time since like all the star Wars films come out, we've had, I mean, you have your Marvel heads. Mm -hmm. like they've got their big films that have come out you have things like that i think it's been a minute since i've seen something like what i'm gonna call it unique in my mind like that steps outside of like these like massive like franchises Mm -hmm. that like looks as insane as this does so i'm excited about that my only like eh, (laughs) my only like but is that, and I, because I have to say, because I've been venting about this a lot on social and media. And I
1: wanted, I, I asked, I told you, I wanted <laughs> you to share this because I think it's important. I think- it's
2: I good. mean, my my biggest issue with it at the end of the day is films like, fil- well, the film Dune, the books, a lot of these, like, and a lot, like you said, like, there's a lot of things that this has inspired. There is this issue in sci-fi. And I think also like, I'm going to say like in adventure films and action films too, but sci-fi is like, I think really prevalent in that, it often that you notice there are these like landscapes or these like cultural, like, I guess, like illusions and, and callbacks to essentially Arabic, West Asian and Islamic culture. And it would be great if because Dune does all of that. And I would be so excited, more excited, I feel like for the song because I'm like I'm like kind of it looks great but I'm looking at the cast and I don't see any West Asian representation at all. Like I'm not, unless of course there's been someone cast that like, I'm not familiar with, or, and I mean, you know, people, obviously there are people who are mixed and maybe I don't know like every part of their background, but as far as I understand it, it doesn't have great West Asian casting, at least not any of the major roles. And the problem is that is if you have a film that takes from that takes from a story that takes from those cultures and you don't even, try to and this is obviously more of like a casting choice this is not i mean i could get i could go into a whole other discussion about just the story itself and ripping from that culture Mm -hmm. but if you're like okay this film, like it's kind of hard not to see the correlations to like arabic and islamic culture like the words the names the setting and to not have some of that casting like some of that some of that representation in the casting that's my big issue and the biggest issue is because I mean, right now there is such limited representation when it comes to in general, West Asian casting, like do like let's put doing aside, just like in anything, <laughs> like you rarely
1: get Guy Ritchie's Dune. Aladdin. You rarely get,
2: which is like a whole other film I could vent about <laughs> because right. I mean, Aladdin it's like, like, right. So I often will get this, like I'll, uh, people, like people will be like, oh, like, but, you know, you had like Aladdin and I'm saying like Aladdin is cool, a- one. Well it's it's one but it's it's a it's an arab wonderland it's not yeah. in, based in any reality it is also honestly it is it is like west asia and south asia like cultures colliding into this kaleidoscope of things so it's not like Aladdin for me is not my, the absolute basic way I can say, it's not my crazy rich Asians. Okay. It's not my like momentous moment where, where I'm excited to be like, to go to the theaters and be like, I see myself on screen. No, what I, when I see Aladdin, I'm seeing a character (laughs) and not even a great character. Like if it was, if it had been like some really off, in my opinion, like a very authentic storytelling of like the Aladdin that like I grew up reading with like Mm. all of these other amazing tales Sure, maybe I'd be excited, but it's first off it's done by a white guy and it's it's just over the top orientalism that I'm not excited to see.
1: It's kind of so, like a well, I guess you're trying like
2: Yeah, it's I, I guess you're trying. I, I
1: and it's, guess, but
2: I mean, for example, I wouldn't I wouldn't go to someone and say like, I don't know, I for example, like my husband's Mexican and it's like we were super excited to go and see a film like like Coco. And it's like, we're Mm -hmm. excited to see it to a degree. I mean, like there's a lot of incredible things that are in this film, like the music and, and the characters and the story, but it's like, he's like, you know, I want to see more like real life, like representation and Latinx, which is also like, I mean, there are so many groups. I think there are so many groups that are so underrepresented in terms of casting representation in Hollywood. So I think what gets frustrating is when, for my, I can only speak for myself and like my culture, I'm Iranian and I have a bit of like Armenian too. And it's when I see films where there's an opportunity and it's so badly missed, Mm -hmm. it gets me frustrated because it's like, you know, there, that could have been a moment that could we could have had a little bit in there. So, and I, I have heard the argument. (laughs) I have like had some people on Twitter be like, Oh, like, but wouldn't that be like quote racist or would that make it orientalism if you're gonna have if if like you only cast those people in that film because it's ripped from that culture i'm like i don't see it that way i just i just think it looks ridiculous to not have like anybody like
1: at all the the freeman culture that's the the people in the black they're called still suits and they have that thing in their nose That's the. Those are the people who live on Arrakis, which is referred to as Dune. Those are the people who live there, and that's where that casting would have been predominantly. But you get Zendaya and you get uh, Javier Bardem as the Stilgar.
2: Right, and um, it's like I'm. I'm excited that there is. I mean, granted. Am I excited that there were there is at least some kind of BIPOC you know representation? Right. In the song? great. Like, is it an all white cast? No. Like, if it had been like that, I would have absolutely lost right. my shit. But we have. But it's 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 something. Mm-hmm. But that is that that whole like that phrase I just said. You know, it's something. There's something there. There's some people of color in it. It's not enough anymore. It's 2021, no, it, totally and there great. was there was a huge study. Like, I I'll, I'll give a shout out to this because I did a I did a quick piece about it. Riz Ahmed recently teamed with the uh, Pillars Fund, which is like a Chicago-based advocacy group, and the Ford Mm -hmm. Foundation. They created this huge fellowship. It's like $25,000 fellowship for Muslim storytellers. But they also did a study with the USC Annenberg uh, Inclusion Initiative to highlight the marginalization of uh, of Muslims in Hollywood. Muslims right now account for just 1.6% of over uh, nearly nine thousand speaking characters in two hundred films, according Jeez. to the study, less than ten percent of movies surveyed included a Muslim character in a speaking role, and they were predominantly male. So, female Muslim female Muslim representation is exceptionally low. And I know this is specifically about Muslims and that representation. And Muslims can be. Anything like which is which that the study does get into a bit because for example there's a large 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 population of black Muslims and they are so poorly represented in in film and television like when we're talking about Muslims because mm-hmm. Muslim is I mean to be Muslim I mean you're that's just a religion so like you could literally be anything like and and be that but right. that representation is so low the culture which which then means like that cultural representation of that religion is so low and then when you just look at West Asian talent. So like, I mean, now there are, I am glad that I feel like now I am just starting to see some things change. Like for example, on TBS, there's a show called Chad, which is Nassim Pedrad. She's the, she created the show. She stars in the show and it's about a Persian teen, like in high school, kind of like the never have I ever show that I talked about, but it's like, it's a, she plays a Persian boy, like a 14 year old boy named Chad. It's absolutely hilarious and that's on TBS. It's huge. I grew up with like friends and sex in the city. Like these are these shows that I was obsessed with watching. No one looked like me. And even today, it's extremely rare to see any kind of representation that I could be like, that's me or I relate to that story. So that's kind of and I know this is like a little bit of a tangent, but that's kind of why when you get these kinds of films where it would have been like you say, like there was a group, there was a group in this film that would have made so much sense to have done that in some form and i would have been it doesn't have to be every single person it would have been mm-hmm. fine if that group was like a mixed group right and there was like a mix of representation in that group but to not have it at all when this story literally draws from that part of the world and that religion mm-hmm. it's frustrating it Granted, I, I haven't seen the film obviously so i mm-hmm. i will one of the things that i try to do often is like you know i have been upset so far about the casting I do want to give the film a chance. I want to watch it. I want to see how things are done before I can give like a full blown, like I can't stand this or not. But as of right now, just because there isn't even like anyone cast in the film, that would make it feel a little more, like that would make me feel better about it. It's hard. But I also think this is something where, as we, like, right now, this platform that you're giving me to talk about this, and, like, mm-hmm. me, I go on social media and I talk about this a lot, I do think, or, like, the study that just came out that's backed by Riz Ahmed, who's an incredible actor and is helping this community, like, get more representation where he where he can do that. As these conversations happen, I'm hoping that for sci-fi films, for action films, for all films, this representation starts to get better, and I would love to have my Crazy Rich Asians moment. I would love to have a film that has amazing Muslim talent, West Asian talent. And honestly, it doesn't have to be focused on that because obviously like literally every person on the planet, we all do the same shit. (laughs) We all, all just have regular lives that we are living. So it doesn't even have to be focused on that, but just to see everyone I think deserves to see themselves represented. And not and not like one film in 20 years, like representing
1: one film through the year. You need one one film in a year. Yeah.
2: Right. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like I the like again, like cinematic wise, like visually, the trailer looks incredible. Yeah. The casting, like it is an incredible cast. I love Zendaya. I'm so excited to see her in this. But I don't know, like, like, yeah. If this if this progresses into multiple films, let's hope that they do better yeah. next time. That well, would I, be great. <laughs> I
1: mean, like, like, boringly, like, it's a systematic problem because I'm sure this was brought. Like, well, we're gonna make Dune. Dune.
2: I would, like, I would think like, that co- you would hope that conversation. And happens. they're like,
1: and then the money people are like, you mean the movie that bombed hard in the '80s? Yes but we're going to do it good, a good Dune. Right. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, okay, how much you need? Uh, This much. Uh, Well, we got the director of uh, Arrival and Blade Runner. Uh, Okay. And then they're probably, instead of challenging and bringing the right casting, they're going Mm -hmm. for names to keep their money going. And that's a problem. I know, and I I get that.
2: But it's like, I mean, and granted, I'm not saying like these like, all could have been it, but it's like, there are, I mean, there, there are a few, not as many as like other, like, you know, groups, but there are some, like, we do, we do, we are starting to get some names, right. Right. Like in this industry, like, I mean, Riz Ahmed, like would be an example. I'm not saying like, maybe he, and it's tough because I I get it. Like you need to find a person that fits the role, right. Right. Like like that has to happen as well. You can't just pop someone in just because like, Oh, like, well they fit this like X like racial box. I get that. So it is one of those things where it's it's frustrating. I think there were plenty of, there's enough, like there's enough talent Like yeah. to, to plot from any, for from any like r- group that is not represented well. Like I, I, again, it's like, it's 2021. There are plenty of actors around like to cast. I get what you're saying though. It's like, do you need certain names to make people want to come? It's a co- very I mean,
1: scary project for a financier right. to take on. So I can see them being the problem, the root of the problem rather than- I can see the- it. Because if you look at the cast, I remember when the casting announcements were coming. Like Jesus Christ, who else is in Dune? Like, well,
2: yeah, no, I'm not like in a, Dune. Yeah, like, it's almost like the Eternals, where I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people on this. A, yeah,
1: but the thing is, like, and and it's a problem because it's a lot of money for a film that, yeah, feels like Blade Runner 2049. All like probably going to be really good. Probably going to bomb. As much as I want it to do well, like. they might use pandemic HBO max dual release as an excuse <laughs> exactly. to be like, well, we don't really know. So right. we'll make the second we'll half. See. And they're only doing half exactly. of the book. Yeah. Right, And it, it is also book.
2: one of those things where it's like, I will say this too for like, cause I don't, I mean, I'll see like, I, I highly, I hope I don't get any need for this, but it's like, again, like I'm not like a Dune expert. Like there have been people who have discussed this far better than i have mm-hmm. i will give one shout out to probably like the best article that i've seen which is hannah flint wrote a great piece for sci-fi explaining this much better than i ever could because i am not super familiar with you yeah. all i know is i what i do know is where the inspiration for a lot of like we we're talking about, like the names locations characters like all of that is, is it's not pulled out of nowhere it comes no, from somewhere it's intentional
1: it is <laughs> <It's> intentional <laughs>
2: It's intentional and the, and there's, and I think her piece really explains one all of the, like where everything comes from kind of explaining the background of those things, as well as why it's an issue to do that. And then when you get the opportunity for this film to not try and pay some tribute in some way, like, like doing some better casting, Mm -hmm. but again, I'm excited to see the film because I would say this for any film, like where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. I need to actually watch it to give like my full like critique. I don't think that's fair for me to go off.
3: <laughs> right. I just
2: so casting alone I can cuz it's it's there, it's available. I can comment on that. I'm going to watch the film and, and maybe like in a later podcast we'll talk about. There we go.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And <laughs> we'll I I just worry that people aren't going to see it cuz they're going to be like, "Oh, cool, another white boy chosen one movie again. Cool." Timothy Chalamet. Cool, and it's Timothy. This time it's Timothy Chalamet. We saw this with. uh, They did this with Taylor Kitsch a couple times uh, back in the day, and all. Yeah. Yeah. So I worry about like it's a very rich book. There's a lot to learn from it, and it's really interesting what he pulls from that culture and what they are kind of. Yeah, because like I mean, I'm glad
2: that so many people are. I I will say this: I've always found this interesting. Like I was saying with like sci-fi. And action and adventure and stuff. It's like, damn, people really love our part of the world, apparently, because we're used, like for inspiration for a lot of things. Yeah, but I would just like, it and this not- one
1: probably uses it the most. Like, there's yeah. words that are spun so off of cool. things, and yeah, yeah. So he did his. I mean, he's his study, and he really wanted to show. Uh, I think he wanted to show positivity on that side of the world, but in a time where, even before the internet, I mean, think before the internet, we were like, oh doesn't live here scary you know for everything right. and now we can right. i can have a conversation with someone tonight if i wanted to from right. somewhere else which is why i still don't understand in today's world why we fear people we don't know from other like we, they just live in their Wild. lives
2: because yeah. obviously like we love exploring it in our film and television and books mm-hmm. and games and stuff so yeah that's a good point i mean and i will say this like at the what what would be a benefit what would be Uh, The one pro or positive thing I will say is like, if you read the books or if you watch the film, if you read like that piece that I'm talking about and you start to get a little more curious, maybe this can be your doorway to wanting to learn about the, the places and the religion and the people that inspired it. And that can be your, and that can be your doorway to understand it. Cause I feel like that, that way for me, that's happened where, you know, I've, I've watched a film like, I mean, for me, this would be, like, I was obsessed. This is, like, not exactly the same thing. But, like, I was obsessed with anime and manga as a kid just because I found it cool. I was, mm-hmm. like, these are cool stories. And then that was my segue into, like, I want to learn more about Japanese culture. I want to learn mm-hmm. about more about Japanese food. I want to learn more about this, this part of the world. And mm-hmm. it took, like, these little like, you know, I was picking up these comics, these little, like, like, like my, my first ones were like the Sealer Moon books that were so dainty. Like they'd like the binding was ripping apart as I was opening. Cause they were oh. so, de- they were so delicate and I ruined like all of them. Like I wrecked wow. them. Like the pages were flying out and everything. They're so delicate little books, but that was my segue. I would I was, I grew up in Tennessee. Like I, I wasn't going to get <laughs> that any anyway way else yeah. honestly so like i remember just going into like the borders or the barnes and noble like going into the little like the tiny little anime section and like you were like such a nerd if you were in that section and i was like i'm here i'm reading ranma like this is what i'm doing i'm reading the dragon ball z comics like but that got me into that so if if there's like maybe one positive thing it's like if you are into dune and you're like i find this interesting look into it more and check it out and learn more about that part of the world and you'll find out that it's freaking awesome so for sure
1: yeah definitely definitely yeah and you'll you'll learn like words like jihad take on a whole different meaning than what you've exactly. been trained to feel in america
2: exactly so. i'm I, I that's a good way to put it
1: <laughs> so there we go all right well that was that was great that was wonderful and that'll that'll wrap us up today here uh sharare uh, been another fun one. Uh, next week, we already know it's great. We're going to do Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, so from on. <laughs> and sure, right, till then, let people know where they can keep up with your work. Oh, you'll be back on Friday's show. But till then, let people know. Until
2: then, it. you can find me on the Twitterverse at Sharare Drury.
1: All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4kuhd. work at ysoblue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peter Show this week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter.